0: Chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. Now you may be amazed, I certainly am, that we're ministering on departing and entering. Hallelujah. Yes, Joey, pass those out for us. If you don't have a, uh, what do you call this, cantaloupe or whatever color this sheet is? Peachy. Peachy will work. Praise God. If you don't have one, get one, (coughs) fold it in half, put it in your Bible, because we're going to do this every Sunday for a while. Hallelujah. Now, I know it's exciting, it's always exciting for you and I personally to come out of something, to depart from something that we believe is holding us back. We take a little victory lap when we finally get the breakthrough or get revelation about something, and we circle around saying, woo-hoo, it happened. Are you all excited? Mm-hmm. Do, do you all have anything that's ever happened that way where you go, this thing's been dogging me, this thing's been uh, uh, warting wor- wor- on me, as they say, but I finally determined what it is, and I got the whoop on it, praise God. And then equally, I believe it's, it's just as exciting to enter into something that demonstrates that breakthrough. It's like, wow, I got a job, I got got to get to do this. To enter in is exciting. I don't know what excites you, but really, this is the main event in all of our lives. To come out of something that's holding us back, holding us down, and to enter in. They're not necessarily the same. I've been out of stuff that didn't have a clue about where to go. Y'all know what I'm saying? Uh, you got got rid of something, but then I hadn't I hadn't thought about when this thing happens. I'm going to start to be able to do this, but then it's just exciting to go into that. First Peter chapter one. Let's look in verse eight. The Bible says that whom having not seen, so it's speaking of the Lord Jesus. There, uh, verse seven says that the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. Could I get an amen right there? We hadn't seen him, but we love him. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing. Any believers in the room? Hallelujah, we're believing. And what happens because we love him in whom we've not seen and we believe whom we've not seen, yet ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, that's what the Bible says happens to the believer that has a revelation. I've come out of my old life. And then I have a revelation of coming into the new life. And the effect on me is I'm rejoicing. I'm full of joy and full of the glory of God. Do you all remember that day? It, the hardest day, if, if the, the best day is when you are a hardened sinner. They're all sinners. They're all hardened. But, but you know the greater your deliverance, the greater your forgiveness, the greater the joy. If you were a pretty good old boy and you just said, okay... It might not have been like somebody that had been completely under the power of darkness and got born again. But the result should be joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Wiest, uh, which is kind of a strange translation sometimes, it's, it's, it's kind of like the uh, Amplified. It says, to result in praise and glory and honor at the time of revelation of Jesus Christ, whom not having seen, you love. Because of his preciousness, Do y'all remember that day. I hope it was yesterday. In whom now not seeing yet believing, you are to be rejoicing with an inexpressible and glorified joy. I wanna, I wanna call us as saints to go back to those days. If you're not there with joy unspeakable, whoo hoo! Uh, what what'd you say this morning? This is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's like I got a new day. I know it's easy to take them for granted because if you're as old as me, you've had a lot of days. And I'm not as old as a bunch of people that have had even more, but several behind me. And you know, not every day turned out as good as I wanted, but the fact is, the truth is, I'm a believer and he's expressing his love to me. But so I'm, I always, when I come to those places, I have to ask the question, why Why are Christians not having joy unspeakable? Why are we not full of the remembrance and the experience of the Lord, full of glory, full of glory? And like Barry just shared with us, going back to the flesh, going back to the things that are routine and carnal and natural, when we have a testimony of him in our life of being so amazing, so wonderful, so over the top, we should never forget that. So we receive the Lord's table in order to imprint ourselves again that you are the only answer, you are the only reason I have a hope. There is no hope without him. I'm glad you hadn't had that experience in a while. So why are Christians, and you've seen them everywhere, certainly not talking to this group, but why are Christians so not happy? Why do Christians have hard days, bad days? How could a Christian be depressed? Go with me. How could Christians say, I don't know what I'm going to do? Because having seen, not seen him, we believe. And it's joy unspeakable. It, it, oh it, it covers every other situation. It takes care of every other experience. It's joy unspeakable. Can't even tell you how excited I am about the Lord Jesus. His glory is full. It's overflowing. It's abundant. And here I am, born again, a child of God, refathered from above and been delivered out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Woohoo! Every day, get up and just say, wow. It didn't matter to me if I we went to heaven last night or got another day here. It's joy unspeakable. It just didn't matter to me. Instead of getting I'm going, oh, another day. Oh, what am I going to do? It's just wrong. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians, if you would, chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We have several scriptures this morning, and you might say, what's new? (laughs) We are word people. We're going to verify everything that we say. Because we're only, this message is word-based. It's like this, we just explained some of the scriptures, but everything's in the word. It says there in verse 17. There's a therefore there in verse 17, so you'd have to read 1 through 16, but we won't. It says, therefore... If any man be in Christ, one version says in Christed, he is a new creature. Some versions say creation. It's that way in the Greek, a new creation. What does that mean? Old things are past, are past, uh, past tense, are passed away and present tense, behold, all things are become new right now. Not God's not finished with me. He's working on me. No, he isn't. He's finished. Now, I'm working on me, but he's, he's done everything there is to do for me. It's done. It's finished. Jesus said it's over. But I'm working on me coming into line and conformity with what he's done. But it says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Well, that's joy unspeakable. Well, I wasn't a drunk in the gutter, and I wasn't. I, when I got born again, I was a good boy. You all know what that means? I, I've never drank, I've never smoked, and I'm not saying that makes you not a good boy, but I was, I was a purist. I was, I was raised that way, I went to church that way when I was young, and I never had a thought. My dad told me, uh, you know, one time he said, if you ever smoke, I'll break your arm. I, I, I don't know, I was highly impressionable, and I believed him. <laughs> So I kept them things out of my mouth, hallelujah, if for no other reason. But, uh, but I, so it's saying, well, what's the difference? Well, the change was dramatic, and it can be even more when you have been down the road. The Amplified says the old previous moral and spiritual condition, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away, so we're changed. I said, I'm changed. The New Living says the old life is gone, a new life has begun. Yay, a new life has begun. It's joy unspeakable. It's (laughs) the new life. It's God's life. It's days of heaven on earth life. Well, it hadn't been that way for me. Well, just believe. Having not seen, believe, and that's when it'll start. Hallelujah. The We says assuming, this is interesting, assuming that anyone is in Christ, And I think you could make that statement about a lot of people. He is a creation new in quality. Quality. So that means we look the same. We act the same pretty much in in our uh, character and our conviction. But it says we're new in quality. So we got an upgrade, even though we were completely changed. The antiquated, out-of-date things which do not belong to the new life in Jesus Christ the antiquated and out-of-date things which do not belong to the new creature, new life in Christ Jesus have passed away. So we're brand brand new. And it doesn't really matter if the difference was way sinful, way carnal, way worldly, and you got born again and you're changed, or if you were like me, you were just a good boy. That's what I say. I was just I just went to church on Sunday morning. I was in high school. Went to training union on Sunday night and went to church on Sunday night and went to church on Wednesday night. I will admit it wasn't all pure. It's the only time we lived nine miles out in the country. It's the only time my uh, mother, because my dad was in the service overseas, she'd let me go to town if I was going to church. And I had a girlfriend. <laughs> so yeah, I was, going, I was spiritual. Hallelujah. I got to go to town. Hallelujah. And that was a big deal. Amen. If You live out there all the time. So, uh, but born again does not mean grown up. Would y'all agree with that? That does not mean grow up. Do y'all know any Christians that think like dirt? Yes. Well, think, think like, you got. I got sinner friends that think better than that. Definitely, born again does not mean mature. Born again does not mean that you're beyond childish thinking or acting. I know some of those people, do you? They're, they're, they're Christians, but they act like jerks. They just act terrible, and they're Christians. There's whole, well, we won't say that, but there's a lot of folks that gather up together on the same Sunday in the same place that even preach and believe things that are childish and immature and just carnal as can be, and yet they're propagating that we are new creations in Christ. So being complete in your spirit, which is the new birth, we are instantly, and the Bible calls it a twinkling of an eye, which is about a tenth of a second, a twinkling of an eye, we are regenerated in the spirit man, completely changed, out of darkness into his light, centered to saint, absolutely complete and whole. Nothing yet has to be done, but in our soul, whatever we were before that day, it went into the next day. We had sinking thinking. We still don't smell too good in our head. Hallelujah. So... We got to get that straight. It's like, well, you can't be a Christian. You do this and you think that. Sure, you can. And people don't like it. They don't like it when people get born again at whatever age, and then they backslide and down the road they do bad things. They might steal. They might do drugs. They might whatever is a bad thing to you. They do that and they go, well, they're not saved because they don't act saved. Well, that doesn't mean you're not saved. There's there's people that you would say that's my children. That's my children. Well, do they act like you? Well, not at all. But are they yours? Absolutely. Did y'all get the message? Hallelujah. So it's, it's what's happened on the inside, and what's working on the outside does not necessarily reflect instantly. We are changed from the inside out, and it's not instant. It's progressive. We're all in church. We're all reading our Bible. We're all praying out our life. Because we are clueless about some things. We're children. We're childish. We are, we are, we're not right yet. But inside, we are heaven bound. Don't mistake what you do on the outside for what's happening on the inside. Born again in the image of Jesus Christ on the inside. Perfect and complete. Uh, Every, every part went whole. We're not broken hearted. I said, Christians are never broken hearted. We're not ever hurt in our spirit. Well, I have a wounded spirit. No, you don't. You're just wonky in the head. but You're perfect down here. Sin can't touch the born-again man, cannot touch the born-again man. We, we are immunized. We are, we are set apart from sin. Sin can't touch this down in here. And when the Bible says if you confess your sins, he's, able, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, and then it says, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, it's not saying that unrighteousness is down here. There is no unrighteousness down here. But up here, you could be guilty and condemned. You could be ashamed and embarrassed. You could be willing to give up and, and backslide and just end your life even. Even, even commit that that unthinkable thing about taking your life. But it doesn't change a thing about your spirit, man. Oh, well, amen. Yeah, amen. Uh, turn with me to chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians. Slip back four to six pages, chapter 13. We're just talking out some stuff here. We're ministering, we're repaving the road. We're not making a new road, we're just putting a fresh coat on, hallelujah, so the ride will be a little smoother. In chapter 13, verse 11, well, look at this. It says, uh, when I was a child. Okay, now we're talking about growing up here. We're talking about departing and entering. When I was a child, did you depart being a child? Everybody in this room? Yes. Yeah. When I was a child, I spake as a child. So you spoke as a selfish one. You, you were self-centered. You were all about me. <laughs> well, it's just children that do that. Once, once they get to be 18 or 20, well, uh, every 20-year-old thinks about others and how may I help you. Oh, oh, oh my. When, so it's not, it's not necessarily how many years you got on you. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So Paul's telling us here the, how we are as Christians, not telling us, uh, what's that word, how many years you have on you, how old you are, but how you grow inside. Now, I, I've seen young men, young women that were sharp, that were full of God, that were sold out, were surrendered to God. And they knew things. They just had a... But they were young outside in their age, but on the inside, they were full of God. And then I've seen Christian men, mostly men, I guess I'd say. Well, no, actually, it's, it's everybody, that were old as a tree, had been in church for most of that year, and they were old fools. They were fools, they didn't know anything. They thought as a child, they acted as a child, they made plans as a child. So it's not how old you are. I've seen young wise men and I've seen old fools. So it has nothing to do with that. He's talking about putting away childish things. Putting away childish things. So it's not just getting born again. And, well, we're done. We're one and done. Got saved. Got saved when I was 16. Got saved when I was 12, and I'm done. No, there's lots of childish things in a lot of Christians, and they need, the Bible says they need to be put away. The, the uh, Young's Literal Translation, it's interesting. It says, when I was a babe, as a babe I was speaking. As a babe I was thinking. As a babe I was reasoning. And when I have become a man... I ha- listen, listen, I have made useless the things of the babe. Put them out of my life. So we grow up. We should grow up. He said when you grow up, you put away the things that are indicative of a childish or a baby life. The, uh, the English version, now that I am a man, I have no more use for childish ways. Let's let's read that together, Uh, let's say that together. Now that I am a man, I have no more use for childish ways. Now that's powerful, that's powerful. That means that we are responsible for our life, even though we've made the right decisions, we're born again, we've departed that sinner life and entered into the born again life, new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away, we left that. It's like the old man, it's literally like the old man was destroyed and, and annihilated, and we are not just the updated or the re, redone version. We are a complete new creation in Christ. But God, you know, he kind of like uh, uh, airplanes. They, they have old airplanes that are still flying. Why? Because they take the avionics, they take the, the, the radar, they take all that stuff out and put a new one in, It's been updated. It's still got the same old wings and the same old wheels and all that stuff. But the inside part is brand new. But that's not who we are. I mean, that is who we are. The old man, the outside man is the same, but we got new avionics. (laughs) We have the mind of Christ. But we got to put him on because the mind of Christ is down here. So he left this up here, but he put in this down here. Well, I was a sinner. I was a sinner. I thought and acted like a child, like a baby, like a, like a sinner. But then I got born again, and this part got right. But this part up here gives me old Billy. <laughs> Y'all know about old Billy. <laughs> It'll give you trouble. So uh, here it is. This is what I want, I want to say this morning. It's between coming out and entering in that our future is determined. You go, well, when you get born again, your future is determined. Ultimately, the destination, that is true. You'll go to heaven instead of hell. But you'll live like hell on earth if you don't change from the coming out, the new birth, to the to the entering in of becoming a man instead of a child. We have to put on, the Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus. It's, it is talking about the new birth, but it's also talking about... Put on the word, put on who you are, line up and cooperate, agree with who you are instead of the old man that you were, agree with the new creature, the new creation in Christ. And so it's a process. The new birth was instant, but the renewing of your mind, the progression of the, of the things of God, the growing up is progressive and you can, you can go as fast as you want. Say fast as I want. You can go as fast as you want. You can get in the Word every day. My, my, who would get in the Word every day? Oh, there's people that do. Oh, that's a, new, that's a new thing for some people. Like on Sunday morning, Mabel, where's my Bible? <laughs> it's in the car where you put it last week after church. There you go. Go as fast as you want. There's no thing like says. Well, I'm 16. I'm, I, I'm just barely in the Lord. Has nothing to do with it. You could be on fire. You could be on fire at sixteen. You met any fiery sixteens? Oh yeah, they'll lay hands on anything and get them recovered. They'll speak to any mountain and see it jump. They'll stand fast in the liberty where Jesus has made them free. They will not be entangled with the yoke of bondage, according to Galatians three. So you fast as you want. Well, if you go too fast, they'll say, "Oh, you're a preacher." Only in America. They say, you are really hot. You must be in the minute. You must be going to go into the ministry as if, as if that's the only thing that should be hot. There's nations in Africa where uh, Christian communities where you cannot be a pastor. You can't even be considered to go into the ministry till you've raised somebody from the dead. That would kind of have a different connotation here. If you're hot over here, you're a bishop or a prophet or, a, or a right. whatever, but, but and so why can't we just be on fire and be in our place and be on fire? And it takes a different kind of qualification to find out if you are actually called into that particular aspect of the kingdom. Now, I, I am a pastor, at least that, but I am no better. I'm just different than anybody else. If I'm on fire, I'm on fire as a Christian. If you're on fire, you're on fire as a non-pastor, perhaps, but be on fire. But I'll tell you, there's some pastors that aren't on fire. They're dead as a rock. Hammerhead's what my dad always said. Dead as a hammerhead, or ha- hammer handle, excuse me. That's what he said. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> so... Um, um, so we got to remove the double mind, the thing that we have moments of maturity, we have moments of fire, we get into revival, we get into a worship service, we get into a where we go, whoo-hoo, yes, Jesus, you are my life. And then we go home. We gotta, that's double-minded. Live like the devil during the week and then get on fire when you're with certain people or in a certain uh, atmosphere, and you just you go back and forth like a ping-pong ball, and it's hard on us. I said it's hard. They say it's hard if you're on a diet to, to, to lose 30 pounds and then to gain it back the next month and lose 30 more. They say that's hard on your body. I personally have no knowledge of that concept. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1, would you turn there with me? The book of Philippians, Filipino. Philippians chapter 1. Let's look in verse 23. Now here would describe some things about departing and entering, and that's all we're talking about here is that you cannot enter in right or in glory unless you depart where you were, you exit where you were, you leave where you were in glory. You can leave any level in glory because it wasn't a bad level. I, how I many of you know the last level that you were at, whatever it was, was the best that you could do? It was the best that there was. It was, you were as hot as you could be hot, but now you're going into to, to more fire, more being stirred up. But you, were, you didn't leave a bad place. You could leave a good place and go to a better place. And so that's what we should do. It says in verse 23, for, Paul said, for I'm in a straight. That's a hard spot. I'm in a strait betwixt two. What are the two, Paul? Having a desire to depart. So he's talking about here about going to heaven. Listen, Christians, do not. It is against the spiritual law to die. Do not die. Depart. Or if you want to stay with me, you'll go up in the rapture. (laughs) But if you just can't make it, you don't want to depart. That's by choice. That's by, by, uh, uh, by the will and the purpose inside of you. But going on there, it says, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart. Let me just say this again, that you cannot depart legally or in the things of God until you've run your race and finished your course. Well, who would want to depart? Well, when you've run your race and finished your course, you're done. That's what we're down here for is to run our race. Have you, have you got a desire to depart? You know why you don't? Well, I'm young. That wouldn't make much difference. Well, I'm not old. That wouldn't make any difference. It's because we hadn't finished our course. And we all know inside, well, I don't even know what my course is. I don't even know what God's called me to. Well, that would be the first thing to find out about finishing your course is what is my course? And that's part of growing up. That's part of of, uh, changing our head, changing our soul, changing our mind to line up with what's down in here. So that's why none of us want to go. I know people that are terrified, even though they're Christians. They know about heaven. It's been preached to them. They are terrified about the future, about leaving. Well, you can tell they don't know their, their course. They, they're not running. What race? What race? I don't know. What race? I'm just down here doing the best I can. Well, that's not, that's not the calling on our lives. So going on, it says, I'm in straight betwixt two, having desired to depart, and what else? And to be with Christ which is far better. So he's got a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. In verse 24, so here's, that. that is the choice. That's one choice. Number two choice is in verse 24, nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So he's, he's got two choices. To depart is to be with Christ. To not depart is to be with you. Let me think about that. No, you better not think about it or you're out of here. Because to be with you is not that much fun. You all know those people? (laughs) To be with him is far better, he said, far better. But it's not always expedient because that option's always in the future, isn't it? So he's asking, he's got a decision to make. What's the decision? Whether to depart or whether to stay. And in verse 25, he says, I've made the decision. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with all, with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. So Paul says, I finished my course. I'm qualified to go. I got the ticket. I, I, I can go. But you need me so you can run your race and finish your course. You need me, and I want to help you. That's a part of who I am. See, and that's a part of who you and I are. It's not just, you know, one and done, us four and no more. Our course, part of our assignment, a big part of our assignment, is to help other people run their course. Well, how are you going to help somebody run their course if you don't even know what yours is? Well, we ought to be about the master's business. Because when you get one door opened, there's another door in there. Well, I just want to get through one door and do my deal and go. No, you have to open up a room to go into one room then if you don't get in that room, you can't get into the next room. So we have to grow up and get into this room so we can get into that room. Well, we're done then. Nope, there's another room after that. It just progresses, and we go up. We mature. We start acting like men and women in the Lord, mature men, instead of childishly. Children just want to stay in the hall. They don't want, they don't want to grow up. They don't want to uh, do more for the kingdom, but we're mature inside. We've been born again. Now, we're affecting this up here by this down here. We're renewing our mind. We're stirring ourselves up. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're getting fuller down here, and it makes us want to line up and cooperate. The word is submit. I want this up here to submit to this down here. But if you read in Romans, there's a war going on. This up here is, is taking messages from the flesh. Let's go have fun. Let's go eat that. Let's be with these people. Let's just, nothing. Let's stay at home on Sunday morning. That's what this up here is saying, but this down here says, I'm hungry for God. I, I want to grow up. I'm tired of being a child. They treat you like children when you're a child. Yes. Yeah, amen. So uh, our wrestle is whether to depart or whether to stay, whether to uh, to enter the things of the spirit, listen, listen, to to stay in the flesh is one side of the wrestle. To go and live in the spirit is another. But some people, let me just say all people at first, want to do both. I want to be spiritual, but I also don't want to give up the flesh. I want to be carnal. I want to be childish. I want to have somebody do for me and pet me and encourage me and and uh, uh, and not... and. Talk me out of my depression and out of my fears. I need somebody always coming in and say, yeah, buddy, it's okay. It'll be all right. Instead of growing up and going out and saying, okay, who needs help? I'm here. Now, that's the war. That's the wrestle that we all face. Because this up here, the flesh, is trying to say, calm down, big boy. Calm down. We can... 60, let me tell you this, 65% of Christians that were polled said, said, what are you on earth for? I've told you this. What is your calling on earth? And they, 65% said to enjoy God's creation. Y'all think that's it? That's not it, is it? We do enjoy it, but it's not our calling. It's not our pursuit. That is a flesh. That's a human. That's a childish uh, pursuit. Paul said, I could go. It'd be good to go. I'd be with Christ. I could depart. Or I could stay and enter into your life. Ah, that's a higher place. That's what the Lord Jesus did. He entered into a place where he helped those get their calling on their life. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, would you turn there with me? 1 Timothy chapter 4, yea. Now we're not. There's nothing new here. This is nothing new. You all know it. We all know this. But sometimes we need it redefined, like the communion table. We do, we all know everything that's going to happen. We all know what all the elements are and what's happened and what they represent. But we need them refreshed and defined in our lives. Praise God! Aren't y'all glad Annette's here this morning? Yes. <laughs> I, I tell you, it was joy unspeakable when she I showed up. She showed up. Yay! We're so glad. Praise God. Oh, where were we? First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, here it says, uh, we're talking about departing and entering. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly. You know, that's probably pretty strong, expressly, the Spirit speaking. Because usually the Bible says it's in a still, small voice. But he speaketh expressly that in the latter days, the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Do you all know any of those people? They shall depart from the faith... Giving heed, what does it look like when you depart from the faith? What is really going on? What is the background? What is the machine that's behind the door? It is giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies. Now, that's what happens when you depart from the faith. Let me just remind you that people look and can put on, on the outside, a good show, a good facade, a good cover. They can look like they are Mr. and Mrs. I love Jesus. But if they've departed from the faith, we're not talking about uh, just going off to devil worship specifically. But when you depart from the faith, it isn't like, well, they're in between. Now, the church loves the in between. I'm not hot for God, but I'm sure not like those sinners. I'm in between. Well, Jesus said, I spew those out of my mouth. The lukewarm. If you're not hot, and you're not, if you're not cold, you're lukewarm. That would describe a bunch of Christians. But I'm determined, are you, to not let that be on my name tag. Here is Mr. Lukewarm. Well, what does that mean? Well, it just means I've had better days, and, but I'm better than my neighbor, and I, I you know, I've this, that, and other. The Bible says that uh, you're giving heed to seducing spirits. If you're not growing up, Listen, listen, the Bible, not me, the Bible says, if you're not growing up, if you're not maturing, if you're not pressing toward the mark of the high calling, then you are giving heed to seducing spirits. What does it say else? It says, and doctrines of devils. It takes a doctrine of devils to get you and I to fall out of love with Jesus. But they're everywhere. And you don't have to go to a, a witches or a warlock meeting or whatever those Wicca things are. You don't have to go there. Just go to a lot of churches, and it's the agenda. Forgive me, Lord, if that's not right, but I've been in some of them, and I know what I'm talking about. They're seducing spirits, and there's doctrines of devils everywhere. Just, just keep that in mind. If we're not getting hotter, we've, we've succumbed to something that's terrible because you and I are born again. We're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All, all, all things have become new. Why wouldn't that be in evidence? Is because of seducing spirits, because of doctrines of devils. You're under the power, you're under the influence, you're under the, the, the domain, you're under the jurisdiction of those things which we would abhor, that we would run from, that we would be even afraid of those things if they just showed up with the right label on it and said, I'm a seducing spirit. We'd go, oh, my, but it's happening every, every day, everywhere, in Christians' lives, in churches. So we're telling about it, that there's no middle ground that's okay with God. Well, God knows I've got lots of kids. God knows that I'm trying to make a living. God knows that you know it takes a little, takes a little recreation, a little time off to keep us whole, all these things. You go, what is that? I'm going to retire and just uh, uh, give my job at the church to some young buck. I heard that more than once when I was growing up. Uh, but anyway, I won't go there. Well, I already did. Hallelujah. Uh, all these things you go, well, that's just human nature. But we're not human in our nature. We're Christ-like in our nature. That's what's down here. It's not like, well, he's gone for a while and something else is down here. No, he, he is here. If you're born again, he is here, and he's talking, and he's moving in your life. So you have to have a seducing devil. You have to have a doctrine of devil that's working on this that denies that and placates a Christian to say, it's okay, God's good with it. God's in control, this thing will turn out okay. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Amplified says some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to the world, Now there's something, one says doctrines of devils, the other just says the world. So it's not even like we got to go to some devil worship thing, just attending to the world. We're in the world, but we're what? Not of the world. We're not of them. We are passing through, but this is not who we are. We are different. We are a peculiar people. And so we got, you're like, well, you know, I'm just not hot like I used to. Devils of doctrines. Attention to the world. Uh, The TEV says they abandon the faith. Uh, They abandon the faith. Go, no, Lord, I'm not abandoning the faith. I'm just not hot like I used to. And I I do a little this and I do a little that. And it doesn't hurt anybody. It's victimless. What I do at home uh, after, you know, I get off work, I'm tired and I need to relax something. I need to... Uh, drink a little this and smoke a little that and, you know, whatever. Look at a little this on the TV. We're going to watch a little that because cause I've been out at in the world all day. I need to relax. Seducing devils. The world. The world is clothed in something that looks different than what it is. It looks this way, but it's not. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Are you all Okay. I'm, I'm not going very fast this morning, but it, it's hard to split something like this up. Uh, you just have to start all over. So we're just gonna we're gonna plow through it. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Could I have a name in there? Amen. Having this seal. What is the seal? The Lord knoweth them that are His. Well, that's the foundation of God that stands sure. The Lord knows who are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ do what? Say it with me. Depart from iniquity. So when you're born again, he says, get conscious, become aware, deal with truth, be honest. Don't be floundering around saying, well, I think it's okay because Paul had a little of this, and uh, Peter did a little of that, and I think it means, and all that stuff that they all say. It doesn't apply to us anymore. He said, depart from iniquity. Uh, James says, to him that knoweth to too good, and doeth it not, for him it's sin, missing the mark, not cooperating, not submitting to the things of God. So uh, basically, and I wouldn't want to take liberty with the word, but basically you could say that, People will abandon the faith to obey the teaching of demons. You go, well, they must be sinners. No, 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 born again, born again. Religious fools, but born again, going to heaven. We'll all gather up there together, and those people will be right next to us, and we'll all be lifting our hearts to the Lord Jesus. But they were obeying and submitting to and hearing to the doctrines of devils, to the system of this world. And the word says, quit it. Quit it, because it will grab you, and it will thrash you, and it will tear you up, even though you're going to heaven. Most of the church today, at least in America, is only focused on getting saved, get born again. And it's one and done. Once we get you born again, we say next. And our next Sunday service is going to be just after it's throwing the net And I told Deborah Ann coming to church this morning because Valley View was packed out. There was cars out on the grass. They were parked in the side. They they were everywhere. I said, "I'm glad they're getting people born again. I rejoice that the kingdom is advancing there. Because if we had to depend, if they had to depend on us, probably they would never find us. But for somehow through marketing or or uh, fear tactics or just emptiness, shallowness, maybe it's the music." Lots of people go to church, just, and they'll tell you, I enjoyed the music. So church just says, hey, how are we going to get them here? Let's get the music up, and let's, let's dance and have ribbons and have choreography and have lights and all that. None of that's evil. It's not evil. But usually we go to a drama or a play that the world puts on and watches that stuff, and we don't substitute that for the gospel, well, we're preaching the gospel and getting them saved. But but it's a it's a nursery, it's a daycare of children. Now I'm not complaining. I don't want I'm not throwing it at anybody. I'm just saying we got to stick with the word. And a good beginning is nothing if it doesn't have a good finish. And so yes, get born again. And yes, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Are, are these churches getting people filled with the Holy Ghost? I personally was a very good Christian before I got the Holy Ghost, but I was impotent. I was powerless. I was, I was unable to do anything, and I was unable to understand anything. I was childish in my absorption rate. It's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? There was no understanding in me, and there was no revelation in my life. But when I got the Holy Ghost, it was like scales came off again, and I could see, and I could want to see. So that's what I became. I started yielding to that, and it changed everything. Um, You can't do both and have success. You go, I want to please the Lord. Well, you got to quit one. He is pleased that you're born again, but I'm telling you, the, now here's what it is. Heaven looks at you and I, and it looks down, if, if you can say God looks over the banister of heaven. He doesn't, but that's what we would think. But he sees us as healed. Oh, Lord, if you loved me, if you cared about me, you'd come and you'd heal me. He, he's like, that's news. That's a surprise to him, because he sees us healed. Lord, I need some money. We are, we, the rent is due. He sees us fully supplied. For every good work, he sees that and it's like, I sent it. Check your mailbox again. Check your inbox. Check. I sent this. Lord, it must have went to trash or junk, whatever, whatever's on the computer. Went to, went to trash. He, th- he thinks we're that way. He sees us as grown up. The calling of God before the foundation of the world was according to what he sees. He didn't see us as saying, you know, I'm going to make you the head first grader. You're going to be the chief of the first graders. Well, that's not what he sent us for. He sees us mature men and women of God that are stalwart, that are uh, resilient, and that are fierce. He sees us that way because that's what he sent, and that's what Jesus brought and paid for, and that's what was ministered to us, what was wired into us at the new birth. You go, well, I got, I'm going to heaven. Well, that's just the least of what happened. It's the evidence, it's the, it's the headline, but that's not all that happened. You were reloaded with everything that heaven has, and as he, the Lord Jesus, is, so are we. Yes. You think he had some stuff? Yes. Well, you got some stuff. Well, how come it's not working? Because we've been yielding to a lukewarm and passive and an unChrist-like doctrine that's permeated where it's okay where it's just okay not to get the Holy Ghost. Well, we don't believe those, so we just hold our hand over it while we read the Bible and then flip the page real quick. But it's in there, and by his stripes you were healed is in there. Well, I, we, don't, we don't do that. We have a different gospel. You sure do. It's a, it's a doctrine of devils. We just think that if somebody's not passive about these things... That It's okay. It's not okay to deny the things of the kingdom and the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not okay to say tongues passed away with the last apostle or whatever they say. It's not okay to say healing is no more. You can say, I don't understand it. I've never been taught. I've been taught against it. Uh, Say all that, and that would be true, but don't say it passed away. Because you have nothing in here that says it passed away. The only way you can do that is you can find a scripture or two that can be taken out of context in the Old Testament. You can do that. You can make the Bible say anything you want. I can tell you anything you want, any doctrine. The Mormons have done it, the, the, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses have done it, all these people, and even what I would, I'm not gonna name the mainline denominations that have done it, that you'd say, oh, my God, what is that? That you'd name that. It's wrong. I'm not saying we're right, but we're in hot pursuit of it. Aren't you in hot pursuit? Yes. I want you to be in hot pursuit because the Lord wants you to be in hot pursuit. To say, I have not arrived. I do not have the whole answer. I'm in hot pursuit. I am, I'm a teenager. I'm not childish, but I'm certainly not wise in the Lord yet, but I'm in hot pursuit. There's a gap, but I'm narrowing the gap. I'm... I'm in charge of my life and I can go as fast as I want to. Yeah, I got 16 kids and yeah, I got a job that works 10 hours. You need, you can't change 16 kids, but you can change the hours. You can change the job. You, you can ask God, Lord, I need help to be your man, to be your woman. And he will lay help on you. He says he will. But if you just say, well, that's who I am. That's what I have. And that's what I do. You're stuck. You're stuck. You're going to be a carnal, childish immature believer until he raptures it all up. And you won't be able to tell looking at the guy next to you whether he was red hot, he was an apostle in in Africa that was signs and wonders, or somebody over here that hadn't been in church since 1997. We'll all look the same going up, but when we get there, we're going to be slotted. There'll be people that'll be going into pre-K because we will be doing the word for all eternity. You go, I'm just going to go up there and rest. You're not going to rest from anything. The rest that comes, the word is rest. The word is rest. Sitting on the couch is not rest. Going on vacation is not rest, although everybody says, i got to go get nature and look at the sunset and see the trees. Well, yay, that, that'll soothe your soul. But the minute you say, we got to go home and go back to work, it's over. It's a false rest. You cannot get a rest without having this. Yay. I may preach some more here for just a second. Let's see. Well, we don't have time for any more, but we're going to take just a little bit. Um, Let's see where we can go. Oh, my. Oh, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You are the clock. (laughs) Y'all are supposed to say something right there. <laughs> we want you, Lord. We want you. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter three, and I'll, I'll just skip all. Y'all, y'all are smart. Y'all are spiritual, so you can just jump all from here to there. Ephesians chapter three. I want to make one more little. I, one of those, I said all that to say this. That's what this is. We're, we're going to tie it off here in chapter three of Ephesians. Boy, Ephesians is a good little place to park your life. Uh, I'm telling you, if you don't get charged up in Ephesians, we don't know if prayer will help you. <laughs> Amen. But in verse 14, and there, you know, and there's a lot of verses before that, so we're just jumping into the middle. He said, for this cause, I bow my knees into the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at who we're bowing our knee to, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, because the rest of this chapter talks about uh, he... And he is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom, the father, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, named after the father, that he, the father, would grant you. How much would he grant us? Well, according to our need or according to what I can believe or according to, to, to get me out of suffering. No, according to his, the riches of his glory. God sees you and I equipped with the riches of his glory. Well, go I got enough. No need in getting more. You don't have a clue about how, pot you, how empty your pot is. If he's called you to reach the nations and you got $100 or $1,000, you hadn't even started good. You know 16 scriptures that you can quote, but you don't know the address, you can just quote them. You're not equipped to be a prophet. You're not equipped to be a bishop. You gotta go to work. You gotta, I had a man tell me, he said every day at lunch, I whip on T.D. Jake's. And listen for an hour. I munch a little bit on my lunch while I'm listening to Brother TD. But then he said, now I'm listening to whoever he said. Uh, but anyway, going down the road, boom, 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 going down the road. We're all going down the road. What do you listen to? K.O. one you know? No, we're, listened, we're listening to the word. We're, we're chinking it in because he's, he's the Lord of our life. Not a, an accessory, not an addendum, not, well, yeah, let's go on if we're in a hurry. For this cause, let's see. Uh, verse 17, oh, excuse me, 16. According to the riches of his glory, why? Why is he granting us these things? To be strengthened with might by his spirit in our inner man. Put your hand right there on your belly and say, hey, you, I be strengthened. With his, might. With his might. That's what you're called to do. That's what, that's what it works for us. It, that's how it works is for you and I to be, we, 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 we need to be strengthened down here. Yeah. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Where's that? Well, you know, I can bench press this much and I can run this fast and this long. That's not what he's talking about being strengthened. Being strengthened down here so that when the devil comes and the devil does come, you, you can say, I got this. I am not afraid of anything. You to I'm, I'm at that place right now. I'm not afraid of anything. Now, the devil may surprise me, and I may jump back a little bit. But right now, I don't know of anything I'm afraid of. I am so happy, and I'm so, I'm so willing to go to heaven. So the devil has no threat against me. So I'm, I'm fixing to knock you out. I've been on the operating table before. I've had lots of... It's not like I'm Mr. Buff and Mr. Healed and Mr. in the sense of experience but I'm not afraid of anything. He has delivered me out of so much junk and so many times in so many ways that it was impossible. He has put me up on the high places. And I'm like, he's got this. So I'm strengthened by his might in my inner man. I feed this down here. I meditate this down here. That's Deborah Ann. We talk, she doesn't talk much, but I, I talk to her a lot about, this is this and that's that. And I get all my messages by just talking to her, and she's like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Bless her heart. How are you? Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Okay, so the faith of God, the faith of God is already imparted into us, the measure of God, which is, every, it's a seed, it's everything you need to believe God. He said you're gonna be strengthened with might. Where? In your heart by faith, why? That ye may be rooted and grounded in love. So even though I'm born again, even though I'm filled with God, he said, you need to be rooted and grounded. That would imply that you could be born again and not be rooted and grounded in love. You could be afraid. You could be fearful. You could be uh, uh, depressed and be born again. Well, how's that possible? Because you're not rooted and grounded in love. Perfect love casteth out Fear. Yeah, all fear. Um, and here comes, here. now see, we're getting close to our favorite verse, but we're finding out there's conditions. Everybody just wants to sling around verse 20, and I like verse 20. But let me tell you, there's some things that are beyond God that are tied to verse 20. Not beyond God, but that means in me, my responsibility. Verse 18, you may be able to comprehend with all saints. What's that, Lord? What is the breadth and length and depth and height? That means all of it that you might know every corner and crevice and to know the love of Christ. What is that? Not just that God loves me. God love it, God love it. Which path is knowledge? Why, why should we know in every realm of our life about the love of God? How should, what is the benefit of it? It says in verse 19 that she might be filled with the fullness of God. So even though I'm born again, there's things that are on my side to grow up and not be childish, to grow up on my side and attain or enter into more, to get not just into the first room, I'm born again, but to open the door in that room to get filled with the Holy Ghost, and to open that door in that room to get the gifts of the Spirit, and to open that door in that room to find the calling on my life in the course of my life. Every room has another door. And you can, there's lots of fun things in every room. You can, Oh, we just, we sing and we laugh and we, we, we go out and prophesy, but there's another door. Where do you reckon that goes? There's always another door to another room. But you can go as fast as you want and you can go as, listen, far as you want. You want to be a nominal American Christian? There's a place for you in this society. Nominal, just, ah, we're going to, we're, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm going to heaven. That's the end of it. Yeah, we're going to heaven, a someday thing. Living like the devil, living like hell, living like the curse now, but someday it's all going to be rectified. We'll have a we'll, little cabin on the hill over there where our sorrow and our pain will be no more. Well, all of that's true, but you can have it over here. Matter of fact, nobody cares about you going over there to get saved until they see you having it over here. Testifying about a someday does not move anybody. Because they're already living in hell. So if they see you living in hell but going someday, they're like, whatever, that's another day. I'm, I'm wanting to know what's happening this afternoon. What can you do with my body? What can you do with my money? What, tell me something that affects me now and today. And then it says in verse 20, now unto him, who is him? The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now unto him that is able. He's able. Do you all agree God's able? He is able, what is, what is he able to do? It says, uh, able to do exceeding abundantly above all. There's no other passage in the Bible that comes out with this many superlatives, these many things that are extreme adjectives, words that are in the utmost, that go all the way. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Oh, comma, according to what? the power that worketh in us. Well, are you strengthened by his might in your inner man? Oh, no, I don't, I'm just going to heaven. That's all I am. Well, you're not going to have no exceeding abundantly. You're going to have the new birth. You're going to have heaven. You're going to have a, a, a prayer that you can say, God, save me, I'm about to go under, and he will. But you're going to be in a lot of pits that you're going to have to be saved from versus living above, living above, healed, whole, and healthy, full, supplied, and wealthy, not, not always saying, God, heal me or God, fund me, but being healed and being funded. Yes. Living above. You go, well, I can't ever do that. Well, no, you can't jump from, from being in diapers to the mature man. You're going to have to go to first grade, and then you're going to have to go to fourth grade, and, and we're going to have to grow up progressively. We're going to have to drive stuff out that's against God. It's childish. It's seducing doctrine, uh, devils, and whatever that said was, bad Bad doctrine. You're going to have to get that out. You go, well, I don't have any bad doctrines. I don't have devil's doctrine. Sure you do. It's called religion. And anytime time we hesitate, when the word says something to us, anytime we hesitate, we flitter, we, we back up, you got a devil's doctrine working in your life. It's not that you went to some evil meeting. It's just that you... You were religious, and you didn't replace what is what is uh, default with this. You heard somebody say, God's in control, and God knows what's happening to your baby, why she had to go to heaven. He wanted to pick her. You, you hear that junk, 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 junk mess, and eventually you believe that junk, junk, junk mess, but if you... Go somewhere and says God ain't got no junk mess. Then you're going to believe different, and you're going to purge that stuff out, and you're going to put something in. I can do all things through Christ. He strengthens me in my, by his might in my inner man. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater, 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 not the same, not a Mexican standoff, not a uh, who's going to win where God and the devil are wrestling. There's no wrestling. Jesus wrestled the devil, he won. There's no spiritual warfare except to maintain the truth in your life. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. And bless God, I have what he says I have. In my situation, if it doesn't look like that, then I am behind. I've got things of religion working in me, and I'm changing it. I'm getting that junk out. I tell y'all all all the time, I've been working on the spirit of poverty and lack all my life. It doesn't mean I have five Cadillacs and a jag in the garage. It just means I have everything I need when I need it. I'm tempered in my desires. I'm tempered in what I want. might not be according to somebody that's in the dark jungles of, of Africa where prosperity is having a bicycle. Ooh, you, you are the man in the village if you've got a bicycle or a motorcycle. But here we're going, what's wrong with them? They don't have nothing. Just got a little motorcycle. So it's just according to culture. But he prospers us in every culture. So here, I'm going to end this. The Bible says, Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Do you all know what that means? It's not actually talking about a funeral. It's talking about leave the natural behind. He also said in Luke 9, 62, no man having had put his hand to the plow and what? Looking back and is what? Is fit for the kingdom of God. No man having looked back. Well, why would anybody look back? Looking back all the time, practically walking that way. We're ending it. I'm making a decision. Decision is the place of power. This stuff doesn't just happen like, well, I'm going to do better. That's what we call A diet a diet. I'm going to do better. I've been on a diet for years. (laughs) I'm going to do better. And I I rarely eat anything after I go to bed and before breakfast. I I am good on it. I got a third of my day consecrated to the Lord. And I am funning with you because it's just so true and I'm just not exempt from it. It's just not true, but... But a decision is when you cut off the old. We talk about New Year's resolutions and how people can't keep them. So, we're going to make a decision this morning. If you have anything in you that's burning that says, I want to change my future, you've got to make a decision. The Bible calls it a vow. You, you, you give your vow in the Old Testament, we just decide. We're supernatural people. We are, we are new creations in Christ. So we decree a thing and it shall be established unto us. And the light of his goodness or his, his uh, favor shines upon our ways. Once we decide, once we decide and say, you'll never have anything you're unwilling, that you believe that you're unwilling to say. But once you say with your mouth what's in your heart, the power of God comes and it begins to bring to pass that word. So if you don't like where you are, let's change where you are. So in the name of Jesus, say it with me, in the name of Jesus, I make a decision right now that will affect me for the rest of my life. I decide and I decree to quit being a child in the kingdom. I grow up in the Lord Jesus, and I put foolish and childish things behind me. I lay hold of that which has been given to me and that I have to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Strengthen me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I am your man or woman. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, don't let those words fall deaf. Don't just be a repeater in church. Go home and say them again. Make up your own words. Whatever your level of faith is, you may not could have done all that, but wherever you are, decree that level and say today, this is what you say, today is my least day. And I tell you today on March 2nd, 2020, for Michael Billings, this is my least day. I will never be this little, this weak, this this immature, this foolish again. I am only going up. I'm just telling you what to do when you go home. You tell God, that was my least day. That's when I was little. That was when I was silly. That was when I was, I was uh, nonchalant. That's when I was drawing back occasionally. I'd come in, I'd go back. That, that'll never happen to me again. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't fail. It doesn't mean don't, don't ever give up. So well, I, I missed it on that. I, I looked at it, I drank it, I smoked it, or whatever that, whatever you don't want to do again. And you go, well, it's no need. No, you just confess it and say it's like it never happened according to 1 John 1, 9. And you take up your challenge again and say, I will live above. I'm not afraid of devils, and I'm not afraid of anything. Amen. Amen. So get your paper out. We're going to read the number one together this morning. I want you to read it with me. We're going to clip along here, and uh, first, chap- first uh, verse, uh, first uh, spot, ready, read. I'm a part of the company of the committed. The die has been cast, the decision has been made, and Jesus is Lord. I've stepped over the line and will never turn back. I'm bold towards heaven, every facet of hell, and all men, therefore... I will not hesitate or flinch, let up or look back, slow down, back away, or be still on any day of my bought-with-a-price life. Now, if you'll say that and hear yourself say that, you'll begin to believe that. No, you don't believe anyone as much as you believe you. But you got to say it. You can't just read it. Well, no, 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 no. you got to say it. Because faith comes by hearing. Conviction comes by hearing. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. I call our lives changed. The power of God is in us, and we're reacting to it. We are not reacting to the outside influence, the world, but we're putting on the Lord Jesus again, and we're changed, and we will be people of conviction. We will do what we know to do and have what we know to have, And be, therefore, be who he said we are. In Jesus' name, we leave the little life behind and we grow up in him. And Lord, we give you praise for helping us and strengthening us, for wisdom to do it, to follow through for every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.